Talk with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. You might be wondering, what's a mystical business owner? Well, if you work in any of the mystical arts, such as tarot card reading, astrology, Reiki, intuitive counseling, you know, any type of that work, any type of the sacred arts, if that's part of your profession, we're talking about you. And my name's Teresa, and my lovely co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Bree. We have both been self-employed mystics running our own businesses for decades upon decades. We know what goes into running a successful business, and we know how much heart, grit, and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and keep things rocking along. And Bree and I now have been doing the show together once a month for, I think this is year five. I always keep forgetting how long, but it's just crazy. That's Me too, been, yeah. I think, yeah. I think five. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we just love sharing all this business talk because we're really into business, so we love sharing our strategies and the things that we've learned over the years because our goal always is to see our fellow sacred artists thrive and succeed. And in each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle a different topic, and we often feature a special guest. Indeed we do. And today's topic is getting hefty with it. And our guest today, we have two. You guys got like double power prices, as my five-year-old says. Our guests are Forrest Linden and Chris Belial of Clarity Lab. And Chris, I hope I said your last name correctly. You nailed it. Yes. <laughs> Yay! So thanks, everyone, for tuning to listen in. Let's get the show started. I am so excited to have both of you here. You know, if there was ever a subject that requires Two brains, right, two extra brains, it is the tech stuff, especially in our industry. It can just feel so overwhelming. So welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Super good to be here. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, we're really excited to have you guys here because we think out of all the subjects that really trip up our peers the most is technology. And, you know, oftentimes uh, I've met people who – are afraid to get a website up or they can't figure out how to use their iPad or, you know, they think SEO is some kind of a foreign language, you know. And, and so what we find is that many times they will try to avoid technology at all costs. And I'm going to tell you guys real quickly, I was one of those people. You know, you might not believe it, but I was terrified of technology and my kids had to force me to get a computer. I mean, how sad is that? You know, and now, of course, I got over it, you know, um, but it, it took some doing to do, and I think this is very common for people who are in oftentimes, you know, soul-powered businesses. So one of the questions I want to start by asking uh, you guys is, do you think a business can survive in the modern age without technology? I personally don't think so. I think Chris is on the same page, too. Um, well, I do want to qualify that, though. I mean, there are plenty of businesses that are analog and offline. Um, some of them may not even have websites, but I think that's becoming more and more rare. I think the the clearest answer I can give on that, at least from my perspective, is that in order to build a successful online business, whether you're selling online programs, coaching, consulting, tarot readings, selling decks of cards, uh, you know, our other physical products, 
you're going to need a presence on the web in order to keep your team small and to build a business that's scalable. So I think it's very challenging to not be on the web without a website. So Chris, you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, it's kind of, it's almost an expectation now that people have a website, you know, and, and to, to show up on people's cell phones when they're searching for a business or you need a website. Well, that's just it. I mean, nobody yeah. goes to the yellow pages anymore. Everybody Googles. What's a yellow so. page? <laughs> <laughs> I wait, wait, wait. And, and, you know, that, that, that was printed on paper, right? <laughs> that paper. <laughs> Sorry, just to give everybody a clue, there's a massive delay. There's like a three-second delay. It's really going to screw up all of our jokes because the timing is going to be way off. So, <laughs> like that one. <laughs> See? <laughs> well, you know, I I think that. Y'all are, y'all are both absolutely right. And one of the things that I've noticed, so, you know, a common thing that we hear in our businesses is that, well, I work off of referrals. You know, I, I, you know, this is a soul based business, like Teresa said. And so yeah. I get referrals. And something that I have noticed myself doing, right, is if someone refers, a person to me, a service provider, a product, the first thing that I do is look them up on the web. So yep. even even in the intimate world of personal referrals, which I think is, is sort of like, you know, in our business, like the last man standing, even that, I, to my mind, requires a web presence at this point in time. Yeah, yeah totally. it's, it's I mean, that's... I, a, a, I, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I, yeah, no, I, I, I totally... I. I hear what you're saying, and it's almost to the point where it's a it's a detrimental thing if you don't have it. If you're you know if you're checking somebody out and it's not there, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you probably wouldn't care either way. It would just be a point of fact. But now it's like, hmm, why don't they have a web presence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good question. So you know, when when we're just starting, right, and you have somebody especially somebody who is maybe transitioning from brick and mortar to a web presence or maybe somebody, you know, in our industry, one way to kind of start your business is to do like to rope parties, right, and read cards for social occasions. And you now you're like, okay, I'm going to get serious and have a website. What is your first piece of advice for tech-phobic entrepreneurs? Like how can people just start to become a little bit more comfortable with technology? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I was thinking about this before the call just because I was trying to remember when when I first started with technology and uh, most of you, Chris knows because we've talked about it, but um, those of you listening who might know my wife, Mary Tesla, and seen her voluminous Facebook post about our family, may not know that I used to live in a teepee <laughs> uh, way up in the woods. Um, and I made didgeridoos for a living. I carved out aspen trees and made didgeridoos and sold them. It was the least technologically advanced thing you could do for a living. Um, and I went from that and slowly worked my way over the years, uh, got, got a job working for Integral Institute, working for Ken Wilbur, got hired uh, by a tech company after that. And then things began, and I um, 
started to get into the tech world. But when I first started, I I remember what it felt like to see mm. the very first page full of HTML code, and it it literally <laughs> looked like Russian to me, and yeah. it freaked me out. And um, now HTML looks like English. I can read it just like I would read English, and it doesn't even it doesn't even blip a radar. When I read the other part of uh, the code that makes websites, one of the bigger parts is CSS, which stands for Cascading Style Sheets. That's what makes things happen to the HTML blocks on a website. That also looks like Russian to me um, or Chinese, and, and but now it all makes sense and I understand how it works. And it's really, I think it's a language and it's a language barrier when you're starting. Um, so, a few years ago, our family traveled down to Guatemala. It was the first time I'd ever been out of the country. I had a couple classes of Spanish in high school and worked on a lot of construction jobs where there were um, Latinos working there and I picked up some, you know, construction site um, Spanish, <laughs> which isn't super clean. But um, getting down to <laughs> Guatemala with my family dropped into a culture where not, you know, hardly anyone spoke English. Um, there was definite fear. And I think that the same thing happens with technology is that it's a language that, that um, a lot of people don't speak. And when you first get into it, particularly if you're coming from a heart-based heart business or a soul business, a mystical business, um, it can freak you out because you don't understand the language. You don't know what all these acronyms are, SEO and um, CRO and what is this conversion rate stuff and what are target keywords and what's a payment processor and what is HTML and CSS like there's there's dozens of acronyms and things and you don't know how it all fits together that is exactly like me being dropped in Antigua Guatemala not being able to speak Spanish and I, I couldn't even get food and water from my family because I couldn't remember how to count in Spanish so um, that's the first thing is to just open your mind up and realize that this is a it's a it's a language and that's all it is. So if you're if you're freaked out about technology, it's just because you don't speak the language yet and you're not familiar with it. So it becomes more familiar over time and it will become much less scary. Let me just pause there because I'm talking a lot. <laughs> Chris, you want to add anything? Yeah, yeah. Um that's a great answer and and I agree with you it, it definitely feels like you're you're talking a different you know uh language phonetic language and and this stuff's hard like it's it's not intuitive and so a lot I think a lot of maybe some people have shame like I should be good at this but I'm not and and the the bottom line is this is it's a lot of this stuff is is a learn skill now I I have a totally different background like I was programming computers in the, in the early 80s and have been doing that ever since. So I've had a, like a very technology-laden background, um, but I've helped lots of people who, who aren't. And so I guess to answer your question, how do you, how do you get started? How do you start getting comfortable? My, my answer would be find somebody. Find somebody who, who listens to you and who will teach you and is patient with you and will understand your needs unless you're trying to learn it and do it all yourself um, but if, if you're just trying to get the, your technology in place for your business and move forward I, I recommend definitely finding someone who can help you with it and, and who, who you can establish a good relationship with 
I think your vi- yeah, your advice what, and your, is is brilliant both for both um, sides. That it is like a different language, and and getting help is so important. Yeah, and it, and there's one more thing. Um, I know we got like a long delay here. I don't mean to step on your sentences, but um, you know, Chris, as you were talking, I just I'm remembering and coming from the perspective of of uh, creative entrepreneurs, people who uh, are working in niches where there's spirituality involved, personal development, um, mystical topics. I think that one one other approach is to use technology as a, a point of focus as you would your breath in meditation and just treat it like another phenomenon that's arising in the universe because literally that's what it is. It's just like thoughts arising when you're sitting down in the meditation cushion. And and if you can mm-hmm. if you have any kind of meditation practice, just apply that spaciousness that you get to after an hour of sitting on the cushion or at the end of a long retreat, just try to call to mind that space and then bring in technology into that space, whether it's your laptop or trying to figure out how to do this or that or put up a new post on your, on your website or how to point your domain name to your website, which is kind of confusing for some people. Um, For a lot of folks in who might be listening to this, I've seen it happen. My mom has it too. It's like instant frustration with technology. As soon as something doesn't work, anger arises. So it's it's good if you can turn your awareness not only to your emotional center while you're interfacing with technology, but I think also just to hold the technology itself, the computer, the screen that's backlit by fluorescent tubes, the funny characters on the screen, the fact that you've got seven or eight different pieces of software connected to each other and sometimes they don't work. Um, there's stress because you're going to be making money off of this stuff. And sometimes if something breaks and you're about to launch a product, it's super, super stressful. I think that's a, a great place to bring in um, all kinds of uh, meditative and awareness practices right into the mix with technology. I think that's really important because, you know, working with technology can be a mindfulness practice. And for our audience and people who listen, you know, a lot of us are very much into the whole, you know, mindfulness, meditation, all of these things. I am a really big believer in in that. And I know when I'm sitting down and I'm working on fiddling around with my blog posts or adjusting things on my website, you know, when I'm nice and calm, it comes so easy. So what you're saying about meditation makes so much sense because technology can make people really angry. You know, I wrote a blog post once. I thought, gee, I have to do the spread on being upset. I said, nothing really gets me upset. I'm pretty zen. Well, later on that day, I got really ticked off about technology, and I realized it's one of the things that can get me mad really quick when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. mindfulness, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I love this, the, uh, the story of you doing didgeridoo. I think that is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great yeah. story. Yeah. Can, can I add? Can I add one more thing to this one? Yes, Chris. From a it from is. a perspective from a perspective um, point of view about technology, um, this stuff it, when when people get frustrated because technology breaks, or and and mm-hmm. there's I've heard some people have expectation that it this should just work, and and the bottom line is it's. When you get down in under the covers and you see what's going on with 
a website or an email service or, you know, anything. This stuff's really, really super complex, and it takes a long time to create. It takes a lot of people to create, and it breaks all the time. Like, literally, it breaks all the time. Um, <clears throat> from, like like I said, from emails, email, email server to I work for NASA is my full-time job, and our stuff breaks all the time. So to have the to have the awareness that that it's not always going to work and a lot of times it probably won't work is it, it would be a, a pretty healthy thing for people to have as they set their expectations going into working on whatever they're working with these tools do they save you a lot of time in the long run absolutely do they allow you to expand your reach way beyond what you would have been able to do you know locally absolutely but it is, you know, it's not always going to work perfectly smoothly, and it is going to take a little bit longer than you might expect it to in some situations. So I, I just thought I would add that. Mm-hmm. Well, that is wise advice because I do think, you know, in this day and age of 140 characters, we are, I think somebody was saying this tonight, all looking for instant gratification so when it doesn't work, you know, it does get people pretty ticked off. We We want this stuff to work quick. So, yeah. And also, that that makes me think. This another uh, pro tip of the day. Whenever you're working with a bunch of different pieces of technology or tech tools or pieces of software, they're all the same thing. Um, and you're getting up to an event like you guys tonight. That's you using Instant Teleseminar to run this call. Um, if you're new with any kind of piece of technology and you haven't run it through uh, a live event before, if it's a product launch and you've got launch pages and payment processing to do and membership access to give, I always test the crap out of stuff long before the live event actually starts so that I give myself enough time to find parts where it's broken. And then enough days, which is usually a minimum of five, to contact support at like at like a minimum of three different um, software companies because you often don't know where the problem is coming from and it takes a while to hunt it down and you send off one support email, it takes 24 hours for them to get back. And they're like, no, it's not us. It, you got to check with MailChimp. You know, I think the problem's coming from over there. So you contact MailChimp. It takes 24 hours for them to get back. And then they say, oh, yeah, but your problem's, it, it's really coming from Big Commerce. And then you got to call Big Commerce. That's another day. So that's three days so far, and the problem's still not fixed. So test at least a week before you're going to do some event. And then that that greatly reduces the emotional stress that you'll go through if if and when you find something that breaks. That's really good advice because uh, I've been on the end of doing something without testing it and I know exactly what happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so have I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's go ahead and start talking about some of the basics. So in your opinion, you know, what are the tech tools that every entrepreneur needs and which ones can they take a pass on? So who'd like to start? Uh, I guess I'll start on that. Um, I think it all, you know, there's, there's about, I don't know, six-ish categories of things that you definitely need to have. Um, and while we're talking, you can, like, uh, maybe if you can think of stuff that we're passing over, ask us about it. Because I, I often, there's a lot of categories of stuff, but it, it's hard to say what people can pass on because every business is different and they're selling different things. They have different uh, list of requirements for stuff that they want to have done, different marketing styles. Um, you know, based on what kind of marketing approach someone's going to take, that that's going to govern a lot of the decisions of what software to use. 
and you may not need an like a really powerful all-in-one app like Infusionsoft or something. And I'll get to that in a minute. But um, so there's a lot of variables there, so it's hard to say. Like in, you can't really say in general what things people can skip out on, but there are some things that most people are going to need if you're going to be marketing and selling something of any sort. Um, the first, of course, is a website. Um, I generally recommend for almost everybody that they head in the direction of a, a self-hosted WordPress site. We'll get to what a host is in a second, but um, there's a free version of WordPress that you can get where hosting is included, and I don't recommend that because it's super limited. Um, the themes that you can install are very not super great looking, and you really want your own copy of WordPress, which you get from WordPress.org. Um, and you want to install that on your own web host. And so you have full control over the website, the plugins, the themes you install. Um, and this is, of course, going the, the DIY route. So if you hire somebody to do this, they'll, they'll take care of all this stuff for you. But um, definitely, for most people, WordPress is an awesome platform to build the, the main hub of your um, technology presence. Your, we, Chris and I call it a tech stack. It's just a, it's a combination of different apps or software, or my wife calls them tech tools. Um, they're all the same thing. Um, in some cases, you can get started quickly with the Squarespace site, which is um, a hosted website builder. A lot of people are aware of it because they run a lot of ads everywhere, um, particularly on podcasts. Um, it, Squarespace sites are beautiful. They're easy to customize. You don't have to touch code. You can get a nice brochure site up quickly. By brochure, I mean like the pages are mostly static. Um, you're not really selling a membership area. They have a blog functionality, but it's, it's you know not as extensive as um, WordPress can be. So um, it's it's a quick way to start to throw up a nice looking website that doesn't need a lot of functionality. But uh, if you want to build a serious business that's going to be selling services, physical products, or um, digital products or coaching or consulting or online therapy, definitely want the flexibility of a self-hosted WordPress site. And then, um, Chris, why don't you run through what, what a host is and kind of our recommendations for that? Sure, Forrest. So, uh, yeah, so as Forrest mentioned, um, to take, take a, a website building software like WordPress and build a, a website with it, you need somewhere to to put that software so that people can access it and, and get your get your website. So what a hosting company is is essentially it's a company that has, if you just imagine a, a big facility full of really really big computers, kind of like uh, supercomputers uh, that basically store everyone's website code and allow that to be accessed from the internet. You know, somebody goes to your website.com, they're not going to your computer, they're going to one of these great big servers um, that's you know, available 24-7 and is all backed up and secure. So so that's what a, a, a web, host, web host is. Um, so names you might have heard in the web host industry are like GoDaddy, um, Bluehost, HostMonster. Those are some of the big ones. There's a lot of big conglomerate web hosts. Um, so in terms of... A philosophy with these one thing I recommend is find one that you like and stick with it it's kind of um it's challenging to move from one web web host to the other um, 
you know, start your website on one web host and then migrate all the software to another one. It's, it's a big project. So I recommend finding one that, you know, other people seem to be happy with. We, we've had really good success with, well, I've, I, I mean, I've had a Bluehost account for going on 10 years now, I think, and, and I buy all my domains, uh, through there, have all of my email on there, um, and, and multiple websites running through Bluehost. So that's a good one. You can actually get started pretty inexpensively. I think their their lowest plans like you know as little as five dollars a month. Now, when you put your when you put your website on you know a five dollar a month web host, that's gonna you know your your website's gonna be on the same server as probably five thousand other websites. So it's not gonna be the most um, that's not going to be the best performance in terms of when you click on the website, how quickly do the images come up? How quickly does the, does the site, uh, appear in your, in your web browser? Um, but certainly as, as your, as your business grows, as your website grows, you can either, um, you can, the easiest thing you can do is, is upgrade your plan with them and that'll put you on a, a faster server with more memory. Um, and, and they can do that. You can basically just call them and say, Hey, I want this to perform better. Um, and, and they'll, they'll set you up and send you just a slightly larger bill at the end of the month. So we recommend Bluehost for that one. Um, we actually have a, a, a pretty, or actually a, a very detailed review from Forrest on our website, clarity.lab.co, uh, about Bluehost. So if you want to check that out. Um, and then another one that we recommend for higher, like pretty high end websites, um, based on WordPress is a, a, a company called WP Engine. We have our site running on WP Engine and, um, and actually, I think both of our wives' websites are are running on WP Engine, and they're they're great. And the reason that I I think they're great is because they're specialists in WordPress. Like that is what they do, um, and they do nothing else. So they don't even offer email services. So they're fully dedicated to WordPress. They they're a little more expensive. I think it starts at like thirty dollars a month, but they their their websites perform really well. They're always up and running. You know, there's there's very little downtime, and so. It's a really um, stable platform to put your put your website on. Um, yeah, and then one other thing that I uh, I mean, down to the very basic level, um, as far as technology goes, you, you got to have a laptop um, or a computer or a desktop computer. Um, trying to trying to do this stuff and and con create content for your website and and you know look at look at the website and and do your email marketing. It, it's it's very very hard on anything. Um, anything as small as an iPad or um, or obviously a phone. It's not impossible, but certainly um, it, it, it behooves you to, to have a laptop. Cool. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, really important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, one, one thing I want to do here, wait, so we've got a number of categories, and I want to make sure we get through this you know, relatively quickly, because any one of these topics, literally Chris and I could talk for two hours on one of them. Um, so it's it's a little difficult because we're skimming along the surface here and there's so many details we're passing over. But um, I, I think in the interest of time, I want to like, I want to run through the, what the other categories are and then we'll go through them with a, a couple of paragraphs um, worth of words of recommendations and kind of what each thing does. But just to give you a bigger view, at least verbally, without looking at a mind map, which would be helpful. Um, email marketing, payment processing, membership site software, social media tools, physical products, 
slash e-commerce, which is um, payment processing and managing products and shipping them out, and then product management and customer support. These, well, that's six, that's like eight different things with the website and the hosting. Um, those are all the basic categories. And then within those, unfortunately, there's usually about 20 to 30 options in each of them in terms of which services like hosting or apps you could choose. And that is a big part of why we're focusing Clarity Lab on doing software reviews because these eight categories are a minimum. There's actually about 25 that you can choose software in to build a tech stack for your business. You don't necessarily need all those in the beginning, but as you grow, you want to start doing other stuff, you will need different types of software and they all have to talk to each other and shopping for them is a pain in the butt. So that's why Chris and I and our third partner, Ryan, um, are super excited about creating reviews to make shopping a lot easier. So, um, but this email marketing thing, so website, hosting, email marketing, it's one of the most basic fundamental pieces of software you're going to need because a, you need to build up an email list because being able to communicate directly with your tribe of fans who love your work is the best way, the most efficient way to uh, sell things. And I don't mean to make anybody sound like a used car salesman or uh, like intimate that I'm speaking about aggressive selling. It's just that if you're offering stuff, you're selling things. And that's all I mean. Um, and communicating with people directly via email is the the most efficient way to um, communicate with people what you have to offer them that can help them in their lives. Um, so you need to build an email list. There's a lot of ways to do that, uh, but you're going to need email marketing software. Most people, um, a really fast, easy, inexpensive way to start out is MailChimp. It's not the most advanced in terms of uh, advanced marketing stuff you can do, but they have a really generous free plan. So while you're building up your list, I think it's still at 2,000 people. You can have up to 2,000 people and it's free as long as you don't mind the MailChimp badge being at the bottom of every email that you send out. So, um, And if you don't like that, it's still relatively inexpensive. As you get more advanced with marketing um, and you want to do some, some more automated stuff uh, that ties together with your website, um, your payment processing, like automated actions that happen based on things that people click on on your website, like that stuff is a little more tricky. Um, our current favorite is Active Campaign, and like I said, I'm passing over probably about 10 to 15 other options that lots of people have heard of, and I don't even want to go into them because it's going to make um, the discussion super long. So, but um, quick, low budget, uh, really good software, easy to use, not super advanced as Mailchimp, ties together with WordPress really easily. A little more advanced, a little more expensive is Active Campaign. So, um, and then Chris, you want to run through the payment processing stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so payment processing, like obviously we're in business here. So the most, you know, one of the key things is to, to take money. Um, so payment processing, you know, pe most people think of PayPal. Um, and that's, you know, uh, ubiquitous software um, and you can send invoices and accept payments through PayPal. So we've kind of reached the spot in the list here. If you, if you, if you think about all the, all the different categories that Forrest uh, listed, I kind of look at this as like a level one, level two thing. So the things that we've covered so far, having a laptop, having a website, having an email marketing um, platform and a list and having some way to accept money. I kind of view that as level one. Like these are the basic things you need to have an online presence and to take advantage of it. And then the, the things that we're going to talk about next are kind of the level two. Like you'll, you'll add these 
to taste as based on your business's needs. So, you know, obviously there's there's more advanced payment processing, especially if you're getting into e-commerce where you're selling products or you're selling a lot of services or electronic downloads and you're selling things off of your website. Um, you, there are, are there are some better ways to accept payment, cheaper ways also than PayPal. Um, for instance, there's Stripe, which in, integrates with some of the e-commerce platforms, Authorize.net. Those are two that we recommend. Um, so you know, just kind of continuing on with with the the selling of of products, um, looking at e-commerce, um, we recommend either Shopify. Um, if if you especially if you want to integrate products into like your your um, into your WordPress site, they have really nice, very inexpensive um, memberships that allow you to create little widgets, and you just cut and paste a little bit of code into your WordPress site, and then all of your products show up there, um, and that integrates with Stripe. And then there's also um, a company called BigCommerce, which has a, a nice uh, store builder and lots and lots of features. That one's really good if you have a lot of products. So, you know, you're getting up in the 20, 30, up to hundreds of products. Big commerce is, is pretty powerful. Um, and then there's also uh, an add-on to WordPress called WooCommerce, which you could check out. It requires a little more setup, um, but a lot of people like WooCommerce and are pretty happy with that. So that kind of covers some of the, the, the tools needed to sell, um, sell products. Uh, let's see what else we got, uh, of course, free, membership free, site software. Yeah, hang on. I just want to pause because, uh, like, we're droning on a lot about tech stuff, and the only way for me to gauge how people are doing as they're listening, since I can't talk to them, is to ask you guys, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm listening to every word. I'm hanging on this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, this is great. Is, okay, cool. I just want to make sure um, that we're all um, together and we keep the energy moving because um, a lot of time – uh, I've done consulting with with folks in your target market. Um, sorry, that's so impersonal to call people a target market, but um, they're humans. <laughs> they're they're not targets. Then we're not shooting anything at you. But um, they're um, I've done a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with people that you work with in your in your communities um, around technology, and I always want to be aware because I, I, you can see it when you do video calls. Right about at the 25-minute mark, um, people usually get, like, the deer in the headlights, and they start to glaze yeah. over. Um, so I wanted to just, like, stop our our monologue of tech stuff just to break up the energy a bit because I know that we just rattled off a bunch of stuff, and we're barely skimming the surface. And I know that for a lot of people, if this is new, it's going to sound, like, crazy and, and doesn't make sense. And you don't know how all this stuff fits together. Because we're just talking in the air and we can't draw stuff. If we had a whiteboard, it would be a lot easier. But um, anyway, just wanted to acknowledge that some of this stuff can get a little mind-numbing if it's new. Um, okay, so uh, from website, email marketing, hosting, payment processing, physical products, digital products, if you're going to sell any kind of online course or a program or even offer a free course or a PDF or a video, or a set of videos, it's usually best to put all that stuff in a protected area of your site or in a protected area on a separate site, meaning it's a self-hosted membership site. So what I'm talking about is membership software. All that means is that someone pays money and they process it through your, your um, payment processor, Stripe, PayPal, um, on a checkout page on your site or 
on the payment processor site. In some cases, they have checkout pages themselves that you can use, like PayPal does. Once their payment goes through, a whole bunch of stuff happens behind the scenes. Uh, they get uh, a user account created in the website. They get a password. Emails go out to them so they can log in. All that a membership site software means is that you can protect content on a website that you own that people have to pay for to get access to. And that is where you put all of your learning materials. That's all that a membership site is. There might be a discussion forum in there. There could be videos. There could be audio files, podcasts, videos, um, text documents, downloadable files, PDFs, infographics, you name it. But you want to put all that stuff in an area that only the people that pay for it get access to. You need membership site software to do that. If you're on a WordPress site, uh, a less expensive route to go is to get a, um, a good WordPress plugin that does all of those um, types of uh, functionalities that I just mentioned or features. My favorite for a WordPress plugin that does that is called Member Mouse. There's, again, there's 20 other options that I'm not mentioning that are WordPress plugins alone. On the other side of the fence, a little more expensive, a lot more features um, are these standalone membership sites. Like Thinkific is a great one. Uh, Kajabi is another one. And then uh, a third one, here I am recommending a lot, but um, is Raymaker, which is an all-in-one app. So let me just briefly mention what an all-in-one app is. Uh, Raymaker, Kajabi builds himself as an all-in-one app. Infusionsoft, Entreport, those are all the big ones. Um, and there's some new ones coming up too. They're not truly all-in-one. Like you can't do everything you need for your business in their one app, but they like to call themselves that because it sounds simple. Um, they're, uh, I would, <laughs> they're like a mostly in one. So you get a lot of stuff done. They're your email list. They're your website. Uh, they're your payment processor, checkout page, and a lot of times your membership site. So like that's like five big chunks of stuff that we've already covered all within one piece of software slash tech tool slash app. So Rainmaker is an all-in-one app. It's a highly modified version of WordPress. We have a very extensive review on Rainmaker on our, on our site. Um, a Kajabi review is coming, as is a Thinkific review. So um, there's some help over on our site for that, just to help you make sense of what uh, software like Rainmaker does. But that's membership site software. And then uh, next category, social media tools. I'm going to be really upfront with you guys. I don't like yeah. social media, neither does Chris. Um, <laughs> the, the caveat being that um, entrepreneurs like my wife and and you, Teresa, I've even, I'm not on Facebook very much, but for some reason when I'm on there, it likes to show me stuff that you post. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're, like using your personal Facebook page, if your audience is on Facebook, which is going to be true for most of the people listening to this, um, Facebook can work depending on what you share and what your what your topic is. Um, also, Facebook is, is still like uh, a great place to spend money on paid ads. The, the return on investment is, can be really high if your ad copy is good, if your ad images are good, uh, and if you have um, a coach or you already know how to do it yourself to create your audiences in Facebook, which can sometimes take hours. The audience is basically who you're targeting on Facebook. Those three big variables, the copy, the image, the targeting, um, 
it's still like Facebook and it's going to end at some point, I'd say within the next year or two, it's going to become less of a return on investment. But uh, right now, even for us with uh, Barry's business, the art of money, um, we're still seeing sometimes like a five to 10 X return, meaning for every $10 we put in, we get 50 out. So that's pretty amazing. Um, when you find an engine like that in your business, you just want to put more money into that because it, it just multiplies your dollars. So mm-hmm. Facebook is still a good place for that. Um, if you find a platform like Instagram, uh, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, just focus on one to start with. Find one where your audience is and focus on that. If you're going to do posts on there and you're going to do it regularly, I look at it like mini content marketing. They're tiny blog posts. Um, they could be entertaining. They could be useful. They could let people see into your life. They could be aspirational. Um, the one piece of software that would be helpful if you're going to really go at it um, is something like Hootsuite or Buffer, which automates your posts, meaning they're not automated in the creation. They use their schedulers. So you, like on Sunday, you put together the week's posts. You maybe two a day go out at different times of the day. You schedule them all on the weekend and they go out automatically. Um, that said, the way that I've seen the successful people do social media is that they write about things as they're happening during the day and as they come up and it just becomes very authentic. My wife is actually really good at that, that kind of storytelling. Um, she uh, shares a little too much about our personal life. but She posts enough for like four people. And often while we're having a family experience, it's already posted on Facebook before the event is over. So that's okay. It's just, we joke about it, and it's funny. But um, she's really good at Facebook. So if you guys want an example of, of someone that she's one that comes to mind really well, Chris's wife Danielle, awesome photographer, is super good at Instagram. I love reading her posts. I just want her to do more. I wish she would do them every day religiously. Um, yeah, so me too. I don't have a lot of recommendations <laughs> recommendations for um, social media tools, just because manual is fine, and focus on one or two uh, platforms at the most. Um, and know that the ROI on, on posting and social media is really low. Um, the main goal of social media is to get people to your website and get them on your email list with something super, super valuable, and that will help them after they consume it or read it or watch it. So that meaning like a free offer on your website that they opt in for with an email address. That is the main best use of social media if you're not going to pay for ads. Um, Okay, I want inter- yeah, to interject really quickly and, and because I have a question about the ads on social media. Do you yeah. recommend if somebody does want to do like a Facebook ad campaign, do you recommend that they put some money into finding a coach or finding someone where this is their business and they will help you create Definitely. your audience? Yeah. You think that's a good investment? Yeah, okay. totally. Yeah, Absolutely. um I 100%. Like we we did that when we um got into paid ads for Art of Money. We hired a woman named Erin Tolotson. Uh, I don't know if she's still offering these services, but she is an uh, a really amazing knowledgeable um I guess you call her a Facebook coach, but she also helps you build your audience um and helps with copy and helps with images for the ads. Uh learning Facebook by yourself you would want to buy a course just on creating Facebook ads. And there are multiple courses out there. 
Um, I think Amy Porterfield has uh, a couple courses on that, um, if I'm not mistaken. So buying a course like that, awesome, well worth spending the money and the time to learn, but it takes time. You're going to go through the course. It's going to take you weeks to get through it, and then you're a beginner, and you're going to make mistakes. Um, if you have the money to hire someone, way more efficient and uh, more useful in the end. You'll get a bigger return because they know what they're doing. And here's the other thing. If you spend enough money in Facebook and they see that you're making a good amount of money, it sets off a bunch of alarms in their systems, and someone from Facebook will often call you, and you get a dedicated free marketing consultant from Facebook. It's so awesome. Like, I love that. Um, That's that happens so cool. for our money. Yeah, so just be aware that that happens. If you start spending, a like we spent like, I don't know, four or $5,000 in a month, that threw up all kinds of alarms. They saw what we were making. The, the stats were really good in our ads. And this woman called us, and she was super smart, like amazingly knowledgeable because she's from Facebook, and she knows the platform, and she was a marketer, and she told me some things to do with our audience that were just like so cool. So that's keep that in mind as well. A um, couple more things, project management, customer support. Um, project management apps like Basecamp or Asana, which is free. Basecamp is like 99 bucks a month. It's kind of expensive for some people when they're starting out, but... Um, these kind of apps are, uh, I find them really helpful even if I'm doing a project by myself and I'm starting the business and I'm wearing all the hats by myself just because I live by to-do lists, um, multiple to-do lists for different types of projects and timelines. So um, there's other, like Chris and I and Ryan use Basecamp for um, communication and threads, and but mostly for to-do lists and it even stores files, but we use Dropbox for that. So um, anyway, really important to get a project management app that will keep down uh, the insanity level with the amount of to-dos that you're going to have to do. Customer support apps, um, you're going to need this as soon as you start selling more than like 10 of something. You get 30 people buying uh, a live webinar that you run or an online course that you sell, 20 or 30 people, not a huge number. Like it's not outside of the realm of possibility that if you build up an email list for three months and then you offer them something, and they like your stuff, and they open your emails, 30 people are going to buy your stuff. And then all of a sudden, half of those people are writing you because they can't log into your membership area, their credit card bounced, but they really want to get in, their credit card expired, they need to update their billing address, um, all kinds of stuff. They get into your membership area, and the video gets, like a video gets stuck at 2 minutes and 42 seconds every single time, and they can't get it unstuck. These are all customer support questions. You try to do that through Gmail, you're going to go insane because it's going to be all mixed in with your personal emails. Uh, if you have a virtual assistant, if they try to use Gmail and you try to get in there, you can't both see the same support tickets. Save yourself a lot of frustration and get Help Scout. Again, there are literally 20 other customer support apps, and I don't want to go into pros and cons of all of them and which one's best for you. We use Help Scout. A lot of uh, our friends who have similar businesses that sell online programs use it. It's an amazing uh, customer support app. So just go, oh, also we have a review on it on our website if you want to learn more about what it does. Um, okay, those are all of the main categories. I'm not sure if I'm counting them right, but that's eight or nine. So let me just stop there. And you guys can do what you want to do with us. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's funny. It actually sounds like a lot, but when you break it down, it's, it's pretty simple. What you're saying is we need a laptop or a desktop because, obviously, again, just doing it on your phone or an iPad isn't very efficient. You need a website 
your website needs to be hosted, and preferably it's a WordPress website. And a host could be could be hosted on something like Bluehost.com. And from there, you're also going to need some specific software that is going to make your business run, and that would include your payment processor, which, you know, like PayPal or one of the other ones. And if you have a membership site, then they may need something like Wishlist Member to run that thing. And now you're also talking about for customer support, they may want something like Help Scout, so that way it doesn't get mixed up with their regular emails. And then the other thing yeah. I think you mentioned was there's one other thing there that caught my brain and now it just project management. Up. Yeah, project management. You know, so these are all things that while it sounds overwhelming, once people start working with it, it all comes together very seamlessly. Oh, and the newsletter. You need a newsletter. And yeah. Yep. I mean, so again, it's it's all really super, super basic stuff. And I think when people first start getting into business online, it sounds like a lot. But once you start really dipping your toes in, it's not that hard. And you guys mentioned that you offer these reviews on your site. And I think I want to mention this for people who are listening. We've talked, you know, briefly about all these different types of software and technology. And you guys can go to claritylab.co. Uh, and that is going to direct you to Chris and Force, and you can read these reviews, and these reviews are going to tell you exactly what you need to know, so that way you can find which software is appropriate for your business, which technology you need. So in a nutshell, yeah, it's actually definitely. much more simple than it sounds. It is. Well, there's also, at this be. point, like if you're, new, if you're new and you're starting out, like holding even eight, nine different categories of different software together is super overwhelming. You're like, but here's the deal. You're not sending all this up at the same time. It's one at a time. It's website first, and then you tie in your email marketing like the, the right. months later or when your website launches or you have somebody build it. So email, email marketing, web hosts, and website all happens together. But then as, as needed, you keep adding stuff onto it, and you don't need to do all this stuff at once. So that's that tends to overwhelm people a lot because they feel like they have to get it all all built at the same time and they can't figure right. out how it all fits together. And I think it's important that you said that because, you know, when I started my stuff out online, I don't know about you, Bree, but, you know, I had a website and then finally I got a newsletter thing. And from there it's like, oh, okay, I guess I need to put some PayPal buttons up here so people can buy stuff. You know, so I added things on bit by bit by bit. What about you, Bree? Oh yeah, like, totally, totally the same. You know, I I hand coded my first website, absolutely not knowing what I was doing at all. It was definitely like language immersion experience with HTML, and um, you know, I think I used Constant Contact with my mail server right, <laughs> yeah, right. day, right? So so yeah, and and I think that. You know, one of the things about tech is it moves really quickly. And so, you know, I started my business full-time online at the end of 2009, and it's now 2017. And the things that have changed and the ease of working with some of these plugins and software and tech tools, it's, I mean, I can't, like, I, I don't think I can properly explain, like, how much easier it's gotten 
how much prettier <laughs> things have gotten, I think, yeah. too. And, right, seriously, just prettier, you know, and how much more functionality there there is. So it's not, you know, um, it's not nearly as clunky as it used to be, is my experience. And, and you know, I just see it getting uh, more streamlined and efficient and, and user-friendly for people who are stepping into this and they're kind of like, whoa, this sounds really complicated. Like, it is, but it, but these pieces are also being made more and more with an eye to user-friendliness and fitting together. Yeah, that's a really good point, Bree. You know, things are, like, along with you, the, the industry evolves. And so the tools that, that are used to, to build these websites, they're becoming much more visual than they used to be. You know, where you're, you're seeing what you see is what you get. You, you can actually, mm-hmm. you know, click and choose the colors and it, it appears right in front of you instead of typing in a six number code in order to get a color <laughs> and then you have to hit four buttons and then refresh your website and then, you know, get a cup of coffee and all that stuff. So yeah, the, the iterative process of creating something that has a visual appeal that portrays your business is, is, is much easier than, than it, than it used to be for sure. And it's going to keep getting easier. And also the other thing that people can remember too, and this is one of my tips, you know, sometimes when you're working with this technology and you're getting confused, oftentimes I find I can just Google and find a YouTube video that walks me through it. And because I'm a visual learner, just watching the YouTube screen and watching somebody do this and do that and, oh, my God, that's it, really helps me to learn technology. So a lot of the tech stuff that I learn is simply going through Google and finding a video on YouTube. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do it all the time. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Smart. Really smart advice. So we are coming up to the top of the hour. And, I mean, we, we've talked about a lot of different software and tech things that um, our audience needs and probably most businesses need. So could you guys briefly also tell us what you guys got going on over at Clarity Lab and if people go there, what kind of things can they find and learn? We briefly mentioned it. Chris? Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, like right now we're really focused on making the choice around which technologies to use for entrepreneurs the the easiest possible thing, you know, that we can. So um, we are working almost full-time on reviewing software in several different categories. Like like Forrest mentioned, we're really looking, digging into the all-in-one um, category of software like Rainmaker, um, like Thinkific. We're also um, really in-depth into uh, e-commerce platforms. So I mentioned Shopify before. We have an in-depth review mm-hmm. of Shopify, Big Commerce. We have Versus Post, so you can kind of compare the two. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of other categories. Kind of all the categories that we covered there, that's that's our trajectory is to get to, – to not only review the, the big players in all the categories, but to really give – um, our opinion as to what we think are are the kind of the, uh, I hesitate to say the winners, but the winners uh, in our view of of each category. And then also we have you know some some helpful blog posts and smaller things. Um, so yeah, how did I do there first? Oh, that was great. Yeah, and and you know down the road, it, shopping for software is one problem that we're solving initially. And because of the number of apps and the number of categories, I mean, there's, we mapped it out on the big whiteboard once on a work weekend 
what was it, Chris? There was like 25 different categories. Yeah, and a lot. Had eight, eight or 10 different leading players. That's a lot of apps to review and to help people find the best ones that integrate with the other best ones. So it's right. a big job uh, because our reviews tend to take um, usually about two or three days of full-time work to uh, research and review and write and edit. Uh, it's it's between 24 and 36 hours of work to do one review. Um, wow. Which is, a you know, that's like, think of it as a blog post, but they're long blog posts. Like that review on Rainmaker is like 10,000 words um, with screenshot tours. So it's a lot of work to create these reviews with a couple hundred apps. That, that will keep us busy for a while. But um, that solves one problem, and it's one part of the tech problem. But the, the larger perspective that we're potentially aiming for is, removing the pain around all parts of the technology, meaning once you decide what software to use, if you don't want to set it up, the problem is who's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are looking at building a team of uh, tech people, men and women, to actually set up your tech stack for you once you decide which um, apps you want to use. Um, and in between there, if you need help deciding if the reviews aren't working for you and you still have questions about, well, will this work with that? And then what if I want to do this? We'll have um, a team of people that will do tech consulting calls Mm -hmm. and we'll help people decide and then send them off if they can afford it to hire uh, our team of people to build it for them. And I just say if they can afford it to qualify that because honestly, when I started out, I couldn't afford to hire anybody, which is why I had to learn it all. And I actually find this technology kind of fun, which is sort of weird. But um, uh, there are plenty of entrepreneurs who need they need to DIY it. Like the options are when you're starting out, you either learn it yourself, you hire someone, or if you're lucky to find this rare opportunity, you have a partner like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a spouse who already knows the tech or wants to learn it and they will jump into your business and handle that part of it for mm-hmm. you. That's what Barry found with me because she built her business. I handled everything on the back end with her full technology platform. She's still on Infusionsoft and customer hub for her membership area, authorized net.net for payment processing, help Scott for customer support. So I took her, her old offline approach when she was driving around the barrier teaching live moved her into teaching that online in an online course format. So I helped her design all the marketing um, approaches and then how to use the technology to make all that stuff happen and automate as much as possible. Um, so she got lucky, that, and but it's not so rare. I've met four or five other husbands that are doing, they have done that same thing with their wives. So um, it happens, but those are the three options. Um, do it yourself. Hire someone to handle the tech or have your partner do it. Um, so if you don't have one of those three options, you can't get going. And that's just the, that's, that's the law of the universe. Like it's gravity. Like something, something has to give. And, mm-hmm. um, anyway, that's the trajectory we're heading in likely. We may end up only ever focusing on reviews um, and having a team of people write reviews, but I, it, the much bigger problem beyond deciding on what software to use is who the heck is going to set it up and manage it. Um, right. So, yeah, that's where we're heading at Clarity Lab. But if you go to the site now, it's um, it's a lot of software reviews and some blog posts and about 
55 past issues of a newsletter that I uh, wrote called Signals in the Noise, which is a curated newsletter for small business entrepreneurs selling stuff online. And it covers a lot of different topics, not just technology. So, so all those are on the site as well. And I have I love signals that, in the noise. Yes, okay. I do too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I recommend uh, that you know for people who are listening that you know if you're confused about what software to buy or what does your business need, this is this is the place to go. It's a library of really excellent reviews. And so now we are getting ready to wrap up this episode of Talking Shop. And you guys just hang around for a minute because we're gonna we're gonna ask you one thing about. Uh, what's happening in your life life too. But first thing I want to say, Bree, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? I really loved the initial point that was made that tech is like a language um, because yeah. I think that that's, I mean, that's totally been my experience and the way that I learn languages best is I just dive in and I get really messy with it and I, I really have to, I'm a hands-on learner when it comes to language. But I think it's important to know that different people learn languages and work with languages in different ways. And so I think that's mm. a very useful analogy to bring to the table. What about you, Teresa? What was your favorite? Well, my favorite is that my next husband is going to be a tech guy. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> I really love that tip because my husband can do some technology, but I'm the tech person in this house. So, you know, I'm the one who sets up his phone. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> I need a forest. <laughs> very, co very cost effective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I like the language thing, too. I think the language was yeah. was really resonated. I think that resonates with the people who are listening tonight, too. Yeah. Awesome. So, Towards the end of each episode, which we are at, we like to share a few fun tidbits like the books that we've been reading lately or the blogs that we're obsessed with, our favorite songs, TV shows, food, anything like that. Just some, something fun that we think you, our lovely listeners, would enjoy discovering. Sometimes we share business-related recommendations. Sometimes we don't because, you know, you can't just talk about business. 24-7. Like, we just, we can't do that. So, Teresa, what something you've discovered recently or something you've been loving lately? Well, I've got to tell you guys, my cookie game is getting really, really on fleek over here. I got a book called, <laughs> called Cookie Love. I know this is really ridiculous, but I love to cook and bake. And I got this book called Cookie Love. It's just like real complicated cookies. And so, a couple months ago, I made these cookies called the Black Sabbath, which are these dark chocolate cookies stuffed with peppermint cream and they're dipped in chocolate and they have peppermint bark on top and i just made another cookie out of the cookbook and this time it is a chocolate pretzel shortbread and it is stuffed i'm telling you mm. of barry would love this it is stuffed with a milk <laughs> chocolate caramel frosting and it's dipped in a dark chocolate mm. it is the oh, most man. amazing cookie in the world we went through those like crazy, and my yoga students get to benefit from this cookie stuff. And, and one of my yoga students said that is the best cookie she has ever had in her mouth. So I am now obsessed with my next recipe, and we're trying to decide that I'm going to be making these smoky bacon candy bar cookies. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> and you guys, we're going to ask you this too, but Bree, real quick, what's something you're obsessed with these days? 
You know, I am really obsessed with Chris's wife. No, I'm really obsessed <laughs> with, with getting too. professional. She's awesome. Getting professional photos taken. Um, I like I we mentioned at the beginning of the show. I have a session set up with Danielle in May, and so. She sends, if you ever do a session with her, like, she sends you all of these really juicy questions and prompts to think about. And I've never done a professional photo shoot, and I was very, like, uh, do I really need to do this? And now I'm really jazzed up about it. And then another dear friend of mine, Jacqueline Cherney, will be doing some professional shots of me in Santa Fe later on in the autumn. So I'm like, this is the year of professional photo shoots, and I'm really mm. excited about it, actually. Nice. I'm into it. Awesome. Well, That's you're going to so love cool. Danielle. So She's the best photographer I've ever worked with. So I'm just giving her a little plug here. Uh, Danielle Cohen is, like, just amazing. So the obsession, I understand that. Well, you inspired me, Teresa, and then I met her in person, and then I found out she's good friends with my best friend. And so, you know, it was just, it was a big love fest. Um, but, yeah, I'm pumped. Now, what about you, Forrest, and Chris? What are you guys, like, really into right now? What's your obsession? Chris, why don't you go? I feel like I hardly Oh, that's so hard. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> let's see. Two two things. Let's see. Um, so uh, uh, Danielle and I, speaking of Danielle, have been watching. We've been binging on a show, uh, a, a drama at night called um, – called The Good Wife. It's like a legal drama. So that's yeah. our like little guilty pleasure if you've ever watched that one. Um, and then another, let's see, what's been inspiring me lately? Actually, you know, we talked about software a whole bunch. So um, the one the one software that, that Forrest and I use is, uh, uh, well, he mentioned it's called Basecamp. And every night it prompts uh, myself and Forrest and Ryan, what did you work on today? And then when you type that in, it sends it to everybody else. And so when you're working in a distributed team and we've all got all this stuff going on and then to get an email, an unsolicited email that says, hey, this is what Forrest worked on or this is what Ryan worked on, it's so, it, it, it makes me feel so in touch with the people I'm working with mm. and, it, and, and, it's, and it's inspiring, you know, because I'm like, oh, what did I do today? You know, like it, it just makes me, you know, want to step <laughs> up to the plate and, and, up, and up my game, you know. So, so I would say from an inspiration standpoint, you know, partnership, and then knowing what my partners are up to through Basecamp is really, really great. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, I love it. For me, for me, um, I want to do this in a, a very respectful way, meaning bring this topic up. Um, I am pretty disturbed about what's happening in the political arena and have been watching yeah. and following the news since uh, – the the person who shall not be named got into the office and there you see my bias there it is um so the the whole situation is really complex um and it has a direct effect on businesses a lot of our entrepreneur friends are seeing the trump effect in that um, revenues are getting hit because most of our target market is emotionally disturbed by what's happening in the world um, particularly around the current administration um i have found I think both of you follow her. Um, Elizabeth Cronus McLaughlin on Facebook is an amazing, talented, beautiful, smart woman who is doing daily live Facebook videos to update you on all the breaking news and explain all of this complicated stuff that's happening with the Russian investigations, um, who's getting taken out of the administration. And um, she's like 
she's such an inspiring leader um, of this whole resistance movement. So um, that's my big passionate thing. I'm checking her Facebook feed multiple times a day and getting updates while I track the news on my own and making sense of it all. So. Right on. We we are news junkies over here too, so we're always like trying to keep up with all this stuff, and it's not been easy because it seems like there's something crazy going on every single day. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right, Boris. I think it has really had an impact on people. And I actually gave up for Lent. I gave up online news for the whole period yeah. of Lent, which was an awesome choice. And I was also very glad to be on the other side of it so that I could, you know, come back, but in a yeah. more moderate way. Because before, I was just obsessively, like, checking, and I was like, okay, girl, like, you've got to settle down a little bit. So. <laughs> Refreshing it. CNN. Is he impeached yet? Is he impeached yet? Is he impeached yet? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, so boy. last, I... I agree. I totally agree. And I think having those resources that you can turn to in times of tribulation is extremely important. So last mm. but not least, a few announcements. Teresa, is there anything you want our listeners to know about that's happening in your business world, in Planet Tarot Lady, any upcoming classes or new projects or things like that? The only big thing right now is next week I'm getting ready to go to the reader studio and I will be uh, doing some workshops in New York City. So on Tuesday, April 25th, I will be speaking uh, with a culture and Heli, I hope I pronounced her name right, uh, Haley, let me make sure I pronounce it right here because I hate it when I don't give somebody's name proper, Haley Houseman. And she's amazing, super, super smart, talented tarot reader, writer, just awesome human being, fellow Gemini. So we're going to be talking on Tuesday night um, at 7 o'clock. And then on Thursday, I will be at Namaste Bookshop doing a little workshop on beginning tarot. So two different things going on there. What about you, Bree? Anything exciting coming up? Well, other than hanging out with you in New York, I mean, that is pretty, <laughs> it's, you know, that's tip-top. Um, I do have, I have open registration for Star Magic. This is a 12-week course on astrology and the sacred art of ceremony and ritual and how we work with astrology in a ritual context, how we create ceremonies out of the knowledge that we glean from the stars. And so I'm super pumped about that. Um, I taught this course a couple of times several years ago and then put it on ice as I was developing other things, and it's back, and it's better than ever, and I'm just totally excited about it right on and a gentle reminder for everybody who's listening that if you want to learn more about chris and force please go to claritylab.co and you're going to find all that good stuff over there and also before we sign off a happy reminder if you love talking shop don't forget that you can listen to all the previous shows for free by visiting the talking shop archives you can just go on my site to the you're going to hit the tab called Free Resources, hop on down to Podcasts, and you'll find the Talking Shop tab there. Uh, and Bree, where can they find that on your site? Same deal, you guys. You can go to briannasafi.com. There is a tab in the navigation bar called Books and Resources, and you can find all of the Talking Shop archive shows right there. Okay, folks, so that's a wrap for this episode. Please, 
And if you like our show, please don't forget to give us a nice little review on iTunes. That will help more mystical entrepreneurs find their way to Talking Shop. And please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. And next month, I hope her ears were burning tonight, we're going to be talking <laughs> with <laughs> with the photographer, Danielle Cohen, and we're going to be talking about creative uh, photography awesome. for your business. I know, how exciting. About creative photography for your business. We're talking about blog photography, headshots, all that good stuff. And you can join us on Wednesday, May 24th at the same time and same channel. So once again, thank you, Forrest. Thank you, Chris, for being here tonight. And Thanks, we God, just appreciate awesome. Oh, no, we appreciate you guys so much for making the time. Thank you. And until then, you guys, you can find me at Teresa at thetarolady.com. Bree, where can they find you? You all can find me at com. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Keep taking action to build the mystical business of your dreams. And always remember to stay on your grind. Make it a great month. We know you will. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Good night.